Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 135, eight ways people consume podcasts and how to make a better experience. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Today's topic is something that I've been really excited to share from multiple sources of energy, sometimes from annoyance, sometimes from suggestions and feedback from listeners, and I sent out a tweet this morning and posted some messages on multiple social groups for podcasters asking the basic question, how do you listen to podcasts and where do you listen to podcasts? And I would love to hear from you what your thoughts are on that. So you can, if you see my post out there in social networks, comment there, or you can comment on the show notes for this episode and get those links to those separate uh, responses from everyone else in the social networks over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 135. And all of the show notes and links and outline that I mentioned in this episode will be there in the show notes as well. So when you're thinking about how people consume your podcast, or I hope that you're thinking about this, an important thing to realize is it's not a matter of of the device or the application that they're using. Devices will always be changing. Applications will always be changing. The truth is that we have these devices and that we have these applications. And yes, there may be here and there a new way to consume podcasts coming up and going, but the way we have it now is probably going to be mostly the way it's going to stick. Certainly, the platforms that exist will continue to exist for many years to come. And regardless of if the operating system changes or the apps change or whatever, people will be carrying something around with them to be listening to podcasts and other content. But the thing that doesn't change are the scenarios, the situations in which people are consuming your content, whether it's an audio podcast or a video podcast, people are consuming content in certain ways under certain circumstances, and that will continue. Those circumstances won't change for the population as a whole. So I've got eight different things that I'm going to share with you. Some of these different consumption methods or environments and circumstances that you need to keep in mind as you are podcasting that can really make your podcast a much better experience for your listener as you keep these things in mind. Some of it's audio quality, some of it's presentation quality, how you present your information. So number one, noisy environments. Podcasts can be consumed really everywhere, and this means that people will probably consume it everywhere, including places that have a lot of noise. Personally, I listen to podcasts as often as I can wherever I am. If I'm driving, if I am out walking, if I'm in a store, that is if I'm by myself. Around the house, I'm listening to podcasts. Sometimes while I'm working on stuff where I don't need to be reading or writing, I'm I'm listening to podcasts. I'll be listening to podcasts when I mow the yard, when all of these different circumstances, and many of them are very noisy. Many people will often listen to podcasts while they're driving, 
or maybe riding in a vehicle while they're working out somewhere, while they're at work, while they're doing yard work, or just really anything. Because podcast consumption is so very portable, it allows people to go around anywhere and take your podcast with them anywhere. Keep these things in mind because many of these are noisy environments. Driving in the car, you have the noise of the car, the hum, all of that traffic noise. In a work environment, people are probably talking, moving around, there are interruptions here and there. When people are out listening to a podcast or if they're mowing the yard, wow, a lot of noise there. And I hope you have good earphones or something that allows you to listen without going deaf from how high you have to turn the volume up, or maybe you have a very quiet lawnmower. But there are certain audio effects that can help or hinder how good the experience is for people listening in these noisy environments. The main thing is your volume for your audio. Overall volume, that is. There are certain podcasts I listen to that have great sound quality, but their audio is so quiet. I have to turn up the volume all the time to get them. And turning up the volume introduces new problems because whenever you amplify sound, it could raise the background hiss. It could introduce new technical problems depending on what kind of equipment you're using. Like for example, in the car, if you use an FM transmitter to broadcast a signal from your iPod or your iPhone to your car stereo, and many people still do that because they don't have the cassette player and they don't have a straight line in on their car. So their only other option is some kind of broadcast like FM or Bluetooth. And if you turn up the volume too high, then it introduces a lot of static and also starts distorting the audio, especially certain sounds like S's and such. So keep in mind your overall volume, but also the the changes in your volume. This is what compression can fix, not MP3 compression, but audio compression, where I've talked many times about this, like Chris's dynamic compressor or levelator or or tools like this that allow you to smooth out your volume levels so that your loud spots aren't quite so loud and your quiet spots aren't quite so quiet and it smooths it out. That way they can hear you a lot better. Keep that in mind too, because if it's a noisy environment, then they won't be able to hear what's going on when you dip below a certain level. Or they might turn it up in order to hear a quiet spot, and then you get loud, and then that's too loud for them. So that's when it gets to the point that it's just annoying for them. It's not a good experience. Smooth that out. Adjust that volume control for them so that they don't have to turn up your volume all the time in order to hear you in those noisy environments, especially keep in mind those certain things like an FM transmitter or your S's. Try to watch out for how you pronounce your S's. Don't talk directly into the microphone. Try to have a good microphone that uh, doesn't get those uh, sibilances very much. And the Heil PR40, honestly, is not very good at this. It is, uh, well, it's, it's very good at over-emphasizing the S's, so that could be something to consider. There are certain filters and ranges in your EQ that you can drop down a little bit to try and reduce that, but keep those things in mind of when your listeners are consuming your podcast in a noisy environment. That's number one. Number two is through noise-suppressing headphones or maybe earphones. These would be the kinds of headphones or earphones that block out the noise outside of what someone is listening to through those headphones. 
This could be through either some special high-tech way of sound cancellation, noise canceling, or this could be just a really good seal. I've got some earbuds. They're called Wicked Little Earbuds. I got them from Woot.com a couple years ago, and these have great audio quality, great uh, sound reproduction on them, and they've got these comfortable little plastic or rubber things that fit in my ear really well, and they block out sound really well. That's what I wear when I'm mowing the yard because it's part earplug and part earphone and it works great that's how i'm able to listen to podcasts while mowing because i'm not getting so much background noise coming in whereas if i use the apple ear pods the new ones i can't actually use those at all while i'm mowing because they let in too much sound here's where this gets relevant to your podcast is when someone is wearing this kind of headphone or earphone whatever and it's blocking out extra sound then it's focusing so much more of what they're getting through their audio into their head and certain things about your audio can start to annoy them. Like if you do too much of a bass boost or too much compression, especially if you go wild on multiband compression. Yes, you may think that you sound like a radio broadcaster through your speakers at home or wherever you're listening, but someone else who puts in your podcast through their earbuds or these certain kinds of headphones can literally get headaches. There have been podcasts before that I've listened to that they would do certain kinds of compressions, bass boost, multi-band compression, things like that, where it's really boosting the bass a lot. And it gave them a great presence of sound and like the voice of God and radio host, DJ person, all of this. And it sounded great through speakers, sure. But then listening through headphones, I would literally get headaches. And I mean literally in the literal sense, not the the fake sense that people misuse the word. I do mean I would literally get headaches from listening to their podcast. So keep that in mind. Don't over-process your audio. And that applies to so many other ways than just bass. But don't over-process your audio trying to go to the radio experience or sound like someone you're not it's okay to sound natural that's one of the reasons why i'm starting to really like the electro voice re20 which i'm not using right now by the way i'm using the heil pr40 right now but the electro voice re20 and re320 do a better job of reproducing the actual sound of the voice so that's number two through noise suppressing headphones number three with one earbud There are many reasons that people will listen to a podcast through one earbud, and I saw this a lot in the responses I got from people on uh, how they listen to podcasts and where they listen to podcasts. Many of them said, I listen with one earbud, and this is for many different reasons. It could be they're using a headset that only has one earpiece to it, many wireless phone headsets have that kind of thing. It could be that they're doing it for safety, or maybe they just want to be more alert about the environment around them. I listen to podcasts when I'm out at the store by myself, not when I'm with my wife, but if I'm by myself, I'll listen. And sometimes I will leave out an earphone because then I can hear if there's something around me, like if someone recognizes me at the store and says, hey, Daniel, and I want to be able to respond to that and not just ignore them. So Many different reasons someone would do this. Keep that in mind because if you separate your audio where you have your voice on one side, say the left side, and your co-host is on the right side, then if someone is listening through only one earbud, they'll only hear one side of the conversation. In general, 
you should really not be separating voices into left or right stereo ever. The only, I'd say the only circumstance you might want to do this is if you're doing some kind of drama, but even then only use it for special effects. If you watch movies and really pay attention to where the voices are coming from, they're almost always from the center, unless there's something where they want to illustrate that some character is coming from behind you or from the left or right side, then they bring it that way. But then that character's voice is quickly put to center. So put your voices in the center. Don't pan them left or right. And if they're in the center and you're not doing an a drama of some sort, or some kind of music reviews, then you should even consider releasing your podcast as mono instead of stereo. That way it is a smaller file, it downloads quicker, you can guarantee that your voices are directly in the center. You can listen to episode 59 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 59 for more information about releasing your episodes in mono and why I think mono 64 kilobits per second is a great format for releasing podcast episodes. Yes, there's also joint stereo, and that works in many cases, but it can also make certain things sound a little bit worse in joint stereo than in mono, but that's in rare cases. So you could also look at that option. Just keep in mind of joint stereo, treat it as if it's mono. So you choose 64 kilobits per second trying to use joint stereo, but I'm still trying to do some more research on that. So that's number three. If your audience is listening or watching with just one earbud. Number four, at faster speeds. I, at first, was slightly offended by the idea that people would listen to my podcast at anything faster than one time speed. But now I understand why they do that, because once I started being able to do it, then I realized, wow, this is great, because I can still consume the content and in fact, I can consume it a lot more quickly. So I I love listening to podcasts. I listen to almost every podcast actually at 2x speed. Now that might drive you crazy trying to listen to a podcast at double speed, but a lot can be communicated and some people just talk slowly enough that it works well enough to listen at double speed. But think about how you sound at double speed or 1.5 speed. Find a podcast app out there, the official iOS podcast app, and just about every podcast app, mobile app that is out there, lets you listen at higher speeds. Some of them even go up to 3x, which I cannot do triple speed. The fastest I can do is double speed. In some podcasts, I have to drop down to one and a half speed. But think about how you sound at double speed Listen for it and you'll start noticing certain patterns come up in your audio, certain things that will start to probably annoy you that you do and that you might not have noticed unless you were listening at double speed. A few things that stand out to me when I'm listening to podcasts at double speed that are making the podcast a worse experience are excessive laughing sounds terrible at double speed. Yeah, some laughing is fine, but if it's excessive, like everyone is just giggly, someone says something, someone else laughs while that person is still talking, it doesn't translate well. It really corrupts what I'm hearing, so I can't understand what they're saying. Also, talking over each other, very hard to consume in general, but especially at double speed. Bad audio quality sounds even worse 
at double speed. This would be maybe you encoded your file poorly, and so it's really bad quality. You're you're using a bad mic. Your Skype quality was terrible. Your volume levels are too low, or you've overemphasized the bass or the treble or anything like that. The bad audio quality is even worse at double speed. And poor mic technique. Are you too far away from the microphone? That reduces your audio quality and can make it harder to listen because you get more of an echo and the echo is even more powerful when you're listening at double speed. Also, you'll notice things like verbal crutches, how often you say um or uh, you know, you how many times you pause. Situation, situations like that will become so much more obvious as you listen at double speed. And now take this one lightly. Heavy accents are difficult at faster speeds. Now, this is not something you need to worry about too much. Don't think that because you have an accent or have a heavy accent that you can't podcast, but you should just be aware of the fact that often heavy accents might be harder to listen to at double speed. There are podcasts I listen to at double speed. Well, no, let me take that back. There are podcasts I listen to where they have heavy British accents or different accents, and I simply don't listen at double speed. I slow it down for those episodes. I would rather that podcasters be themselves in that sense, not try to change their voice into the radio voice or anything like that. No, just be yourself. It's fine. Don't worry about your accent. But do at least keep that in mind for podcasts when you're podcasting and you have a heavy accent that it might be harder for people to listen to at double speed But don't try and change this because it's, in a sense, unchangeable for yourself. So find these distracting patterns inside of your audio and try to figure out how you can eliminate them with better technique. All of these things can be some kind of better technique, whether it is just planning your podcast better so you don't have so many pauses or verbal crutches, or maybe it is having better mic technique, having better conversation styles or presentation methods. Many of these things can be eliminated by just using better technique and getting better at this art, and then you give a better experience to your listeners. So that's number four, at faster speeds. Number five situation in which to help uh, to consider for making your podcast a better experience When people listen or consume your podcast on your website, more than 50% of my podcast downloads are coming from a web browser. That means they are going to my website on a desktop computer or a mobile device and that the percentage weighs heavily toward the mobile side. But many people will go to my websites and click play or tap play on the website inside of their browser. This may be a loyal listener who just hasn't subscribed, doesn't know how to subscribe, doesn't have their podcast program or app or whatever accessible at that moment. They just want to press play. So that's 50%, more than 50% of my downloads. So imagine if I didn't have my podcast playable and downloadable and so compatible through my website, then my audience would be effectively half the size that it is now. So if your podcast is not consumable on your website, here's a little secret for how you can double the size of your podcast audience by making your podcast consumable on your website. But being consumable on your website has different perspectives to it because uh, you want to make sure that your podcast is visible there, 
that you have your podcast on your site, your episodes, your media is playable on your site, and the uh, PowerPress plugin for WordPress does a great job at this, putting it on your site. But also make sure that you have the right format on your site. I was on a podcast website the other day looking for a particular episode, and all that they had on their website was the YouTube video. I didn't want to watch the YouTube video. I wanted to download the audio. I didn't want to subscribe to them. I didn't want to find them in iTunes because they, of course, didn't have a link to their podcast in iTunes. I just wanted to listen to it so I could listen to it at 1.5x or 2x speed. But all they had on their site was the YouTube video and links to their RSS feed. I wanted to use HuffDuffer or something like that. I wanted something other than their YouTube video. It wasn't playable on their site at all, their podcast wasn't. Certainly not on mobile then to be able to consume the podcast easily on mobile. Yes, the YouTube video would be playable on mobile, but not the podcast audio content. So there are many different ways you can make your podcast more consumable on your website. And one of those could be you could hire a web designer like me to custom design a mobile-friendly website for you. But Yes, honestly, that can be expensive and take a lot of time. And that just may not be something that you actually need to do because you can get a really good WordPress theme like those from StudioPress, which I highly recommend, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash StudioPress. And I'll tell you more about something about them near the end of the episode. But a good WordPress theme can make your website instantly mobile friendly, where it is the actual term is responsive web design, where your website will resize based on the, the size of the device or the browser that's looking at it. So that's a great way to make your website mobile friendly by having a good WordPress theme and using PowerPress to put the podcast player on your website. That will make it so that it might have Flash or it might be HTML5 on your desktop, but then it falls back to HTML5 on devices or browsers that don't have Flash. In English, it means it plays on almost anything. So make sure that your podcast is playable on your website and is a good experience. Make that play button very prominent. Make it really high up. I recommend putting it above your show notes. Make it prominent. Give them the option to download the MP3 right there. Like there's this service out there called HuffDuffer, uh, which I really like. And it allows me to, just like services like Instapaper, Read It Later, Pocket, and programs like that that allow you to capture a page to consume it later. HuffDuffer is that for podcasts, where it will create an RSS feed personalized to you. So if you're on a website and you find an episode of something that you want to listen to, then you can HuffDuff it and it adds that one episode to your RSS feed So you can then subscribe to your own RSS feed and listen to those particular episodes later on. I use this for whenever I'm in someone else's podcast and they publish the episode. Sometimes I like to go back and listen to it, see what else they added before or after the interview. Or if I just find a particular episode that's of interest to me on something, maybe it's an interview, a topic, whatever it is, then I want to HuffDuff it so I can consume that one episode later. So to be compatible with HuffDuffer, You want to make sure that you have a download link for your podcast media on your website, and PowerPress helps you do that. 
Also, the Play in New Window is a great option that PowerPress also has built into it because this allows someone to play the podcast in a separate window and continue browsing around on your site without it interrupting the playback of your episode. So those are different ways that you can make your podcast more consumable for people who are playing it on your website. And that's number five. Number six, make your podcast experience better for your audience who are listening with interruptions. Because podcasts can be listened to anywhere, they'll be listened to anywhere in many different circumstances. This could be uh, involving many different interruptions as well, such as the commute, which is the most popular place for for people to consume podcasts. It might be that a particular employee starts listening to your podcast on their commute to work, They do their job at work, then they leave work, and that's when they resume listening to your podcast. So how do those interruptions affect their experience with your content? Keep this in mind as you work with presenting your content and regularly redefining or reminding people of the context. This doesn't mean, and please don't do this, being like a radio show and saying, you're listening to Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. That, that's not helpful because when I say that, I am basically making the assumption that you took a break right then. And that's the way radio works. They know exactly when the breaks are because they put the breaks in there and the way that radio works and all of that. But if you are listening to the podcast in the morning, you pause it, then you resume it on your way back in the evening then you don't really need to be reminded who you're listening to or what podcast you're listening to. But you may need to be reminded of the context. For example, I see this a lot in movie reviews, app reviews, in almost any kind of reviewer when someone is talking about a particular thing that has a proper title. They'll use generic terms like saying the movie or the app or this thing or it These generic things that if I jumped in after you introduced the name of whatever it is, I might never figure out what you're talking about until the very end, if you even say it then and remind people then. Let me give you an example, and I wrote this in the show notes if you want to check it out. Here's an example of something that I've seen or heard before. I might say, and tell me if you can figure out what movie this is. In the movie, the main character is angry about not being allowed to date his girlfriend, so the movie shows us his path to darkness. What movie is that that I'm talking about? I just said in the movie. Now, you might see this kind of paragraph put underneath the title of the movie, or you might think, you might start assuming what kind of movie it is. And I'm podcasting live right now, like I try to do on Mondays, which I've been doing just audio only, by the way, over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live. And Dwayne is in the chat room and he guessed Spider-Man. And I did realize that, wow, this this uh, description does also fit Spider-Man, one of the Spider-Man movies. But what I was actually thinking was a different movie. Now think of it if I'm specific with this example, same basic wording, but I get more specific in this, saying, in The Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker is angry about not being allowed to date Padme. So The Revenge of the Sith shows us Anakin's path to darkness. 
Now you know exactly what movie I'm talking about, and not only exactly what movie, but exactly what characters I'm talking about. This doesn't mean that every single time you want to refer to the movie, you have to give it by name. That can start to get annoying very quickly, in fact. But this does mean every now and then, instead of saying this or that or the or anything like that and talking about it in generic terms, be specific. Because when someone has some kind of interruptions for uh, while they're listening, resetting the context like this cues them back in. It welcomes them back in to understanding, oh yeah, I remember he was talking about that this morning. And it makes it much more memorable for them for whatever it is that you're talking about. If I'm telling you about an app and I give you the name and the URL of the app once at the beginning, then I tell you about the app and why it's cool and I say visit the website to download it, well, you might have forgotten what the app was or what the website was, but now you know why you want to download it, but you don't remember the name. So give that context frequently because these kind of interruptions can distract people from your content even if it's not an eight hour long interruption it could be just someone is at work they receive a phone call they stop their podcast they take the phone call it's a one minute phone call they hang up the phone they go back to their podcast and you're telling them about this awesome movie or this great app or this fantastic tool and they don't know anymore what it is you're talking about so keep in mind making it a better experience for your audience with interruptions. Number seven, when your audience consumes your content over mobile data networks. Smartphones and internet connected devices like tablets and such are here to stay and they're growing in popularity. And these devices are often using data networks from cellular providers like Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, whatever. And many of these companies have already stopped offering unlimited data, and many companies also have certain penalties if you go over certain limits. Limited data, I think, at least for the next several years, is here to stay. We may see unlimited data come again in the future, but I think that would be several years from now, or it would come at a very high cost. But whatever the case, keep in mind that your audience might be downloading your content over a mobile data network. So they would have data limits, they would have download speed caps or download speed considerations overall. So release your podcasts in maybe a simpler format that makes it easier for for them to download. For example, I'm a big advocate of releasing audio podcasts as 64 kilobits per second mono MP3 instead of 128 kilobits per second stereo. I've talked about that before in episode 59. You can go back and listen for more information on that. But 64 kilobits mono is half the size of 128 kilobits per second stereo. So that means it downloads twice as quickly and it uses half the bandwidth for my mobile listeners than if I was releasing in the full stereo 128 kilobits per second. You might also want to offer a lower quality edition, not necessarily of your audio because that doesn't really make sense. You can offer great quality at a small file size, but for your video, you might be so proud of your high definition video that that's what you're pushing out there. 
but consider offering a standard definition video that people can subscribe to in case their device isn't powerful enough to play the high definition video, or maybe their bandwidth isn't good enough for downloading or streaming the high definition video. So for example, you might want to release your podcast, your video podcast, as 640 by 360 pixels and in 1080p or 720p high definition. So you have two editions out there of the same content. Yes, it takes more space to store that stuff, but if you're releasing high definition video, then you're probably already working with space and storage issues. And by the way, listen to the podcasters roundtable or go check it out at the podcasters at podcastersroundtable.com. I'm sorry, not with the word the in it, but at podcastersroundtable.com, our most recent episode as of this recording was episode 15, where we talked about podcast media hosting. And we had two people on the panel who host video podcasts. And we were talking about the the issues that you face with video podcast media hosting. So definitely go check that out. And you can hear all of my thoughts about different podcast hosting by listening to my previous episode, 133, at com slash hosting, or 133. So release those in those multiple formats. And by the way, PowerPress makes this very easy to create an extra channel so that channels allow you to release the same content in multiple formats. So you would want a 640 by 360 or standard definition channel and an HD channel, maybe even an audio channel if you release the same content through all of them. That's what I'm using on the Audacity podcast to connect, sometimes connect the same audio and video episode to the same post but just publish out to different channels. I'm using the channels feature in PowerPress. So keep in mind that your audience is downloading your episodes over mobile data networks and try to make it a better experience for them by releasing it in those formats that stream or download better. And then number eight, and this one surprised me. I initially wasn't going to include this on the list until I started seeing so many responses from people to my different posts on social media about this saying that they listen to podcasts while falling asleep. Now, I I understand the desire here, and I've done this before. I've listened to things while falling asleep. It sometimes helps relax me while I'm trying to fall asleep. It helps me fall asleep a little bit better depending on the person's voice, or it gets my mind moving for the next day, and sometimes I get inspired the next day because of what I was listening to while falling asleep. But for people who are listening to something while falling asleep, the last thing that they need is to be suddenly awoken by something that happens in your podcast. So this could be a loud, sudden loud noise in your podcast. So watch out for those loud intros or outros or bumpers or anything like that inside of your podcast that could be different from the volume of the rest of your podcast. There's a podcast I listen to where two things happen that are breaking a lot of these rules that make the podcast very, very difficult to listen to in multiple environments. One is that the host talks rather quietly and almost mumbles. They they need to talk or project their voice a bit more. So it's very difficult to listen to them when I'm in any kind of a noisy environment. The only time I can listen to that podcast is in a quiet environment 
any background noise and I can't hear the person speaking because they're quiet and because they're mumbling a bit. But also uh, another mistake that they make is their intro and outro music is really loud compared to the rest of them. So they start off big and bold and loud. And and then the host comes in and he's talking really quietly. And so I have to turn up my volume in order to listen to the host. And then I get shocked by how loud the outro is. So I have to turn it down later. Try to make it so your listeners aren't having to adjust their volume. But especially think about an experience for someone listening while falling asleep. Now there are certainly good situations for sudden loud noises in situations where it's perfectly acceptable. For example, comedy. Comedy is very different from many of these things, and I don't think people would tend to listen to a comedy podcast while falling asleep, because comedy is very engaging, and they would probably be laughing at it. And laughing, I haven't heard of many people laughing themselves to sleep. So if you're a comedy, then this could be something you could ignore. But do keep this in mind, of how easy are you to listen to while or while someone is trying to fall asleep. So this list again of different consumption methods you need to consider while releasing your podcast in order to pro- provide a better experience. Number one, in noisy environments. Number two, through noise-suppressing headphones. Number three, with one earbud. earbud. Number four, at faster speeds. Number five, on your website. Number six, with interruptions. Number seven, over mobile data networks. And number eight, while falling asleep. I'd love to hear from you. Where do you listen to podcasts? How do you listen to podcasts? You can't even tell me what app you use and what particular headphones or what device you use. But what is your environment when you're usually listening to podcasts? Are you mowing the yard? Are you working? Are you in noisy environments, quiet environments? What's it like for you? You can either comment on my many different posts out there in social media where I ask this question and I'm getting some great responses. And I'll have those links in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 135 or Go to that address and comment right there on the show notes to let me know how do you listen to podcasts and what you use, what your experience is, and what makes a good experience, a good listening or viewing experience for you. And I also want to give a shout out to my friend Richard Farrar, who, by the way, has helped me with some of the testing of my social subscribe and follow icons plugin for WordPress. He was one of my early beta testers before I even announced the plugin that he was helping me out with some things. But he's got a little poll that he's doing on his website that asks just two questions about how do you listen to podcasts. And I'd love for you to go check that out at richardferrar.com or I'll have the link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 135 so you can check that out and also let him know by voting in his quick poll just two questions and let him know and that can give him some great research to work with as well. So let me know what you think of this and how you listen to podcasts. I also want to know do you agree or disagree with these things? I'm sure there are going to be some people who disagree, and that's great. Please comment and let me know. And what other things, what other environments do you think there are that people listen or watch podcasts and things that we need to consider as podcasters to make it a good experience for people in these different environments? And when you keep all of these things in mind, 
You're not only catering to those people in these certain environments, but you are making it an overall better experience for your audience by better mic technique, better audio processing, better presentation of your information, all of these things, better file sizes, faster downloads, better context. All of this is making it really better for all of your audience, almost no matter how they are consuming your podcast. So please comment on the show notes and let me know what you think and what you would add to the conversation. I mentioned earlier the Studio Press themes, and a lot of people will ask, what's the best WordPress theme for podcasting? And there isn't really a podcaster's theme. I was once going to try to make one and then decided, no, the other WordPress themes out there are so great And they work great with podcasts that I don't really need to make a podcaster's theme. So I highly recommend the Studio Press themes, which you can check out through my affiliate link, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash Studio Press. And they're having a sale right now through Friday, July 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, a very definite end point for their sale that you can get access to all of their themes, current themes and future Studio Press official themes that they release for $299.95. That might seem like a big price, but I think it's definitely worth it. These are very beautiful themes, very professionally designed. Many of them are responsive. That means they work on mobile devices. They resize really well. They work great for podcasts. And if you get this whole pack of themes, then you have a wide range of themes to choose from. If you run multiple websites, you want to use one for your personal blog, maybe one for your professional blog, one for your podcast website. You can use all of these themes. It's unlimited licenses when you get this. So you can use it on as many sites that you own as you want. It's great. And the framework that this is built on top of is really powerful. It's optimized for search engines, has such great functionality in the back end. All of my podcast sites on Noodle Mix Network are based on Genesis. And actually, I build my sites. When I design websites for clients, I build on top of the Genesis framework. So all of the themes from StudioPress are built on Genesis. And they've got this new framework coming out 2.0, which will not break things like a particular other themes major update did break things. Genesis 2.0 won't break things like that. So please check this out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash studiopress. After the sale ends on July 26th, 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, the price from $299.95 goes up to $349.95. But still, if you miss the $299 sale, still grab it at the $350, basically, sale because there will be increasing the price later this year to $399.95 because they're releasing more themes. They've got more big updates coming out. So if you buy now, you lock in and you never have to pay an upgrade price. You will always receive every new theme and every new upgrade that they receive. So these are plenty of reasons why I love StudioPress. I bought this complete theme and it's great to be able to work with clients and just quickly throw up a theme on their site just so that they have something and then we can tweak it from there. It's great. Check it out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash studiopress. And that is my affiliate link. So if you purchase through there, it will be helping support the Audacity to Podcast. And I really appreciate that. 
Coming up next in episode 136, I'm excited about this. Cynthia Sanchez from Oh So Pinteresting Podcast will be joining me on the Audacity to Podcast as we talk about how podcasters can use Pinterest to promote their podcast as a resource and inspiration for their podcast and ways that you can build a community for your podcast on Pinterest even if you're not necessarily promoting your podcast to new listeners, but how you can reach the listeners you currently have by working on Pinterest and more. We're recording that interview very soon, but there's still some time to get in your questions. So if you can email your questions to me, just put Pinterest in the subject line, email those by Wednesday, July 24th, 2013, and I can try and include those in our conversation. And that will be for episode 136 So if you are listening to this after July 2013, you'll be able to go back and listen to episode 136 at, you probably guessed it, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 136. I would love your feedback for future episodes, what kind of stuff you'd like to see me or hear me cover in future episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel or video edition. Please email feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to the website, theaudacitypodcast.com, on your computer or iOS device, and send a voice message right through the website. That's from SpeakPipe. And I would love to have you as part of the conversation around this idea of ways to make your podcast a better experience for people regardless of their listening environment please comment on the show notes for this episode at the audacity to podcast.com slash 135 i'm available for one-on-one consulting to help you launch or improve your podcast please go to the audacity to podcast.com slash consulting for more information and follow me on twitter at the roman noodle Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like you can theorize over the Once Upon a Time TV show, laugh with our clean comedy, get some Christian worldview and critical thinking on movies and politics and more, and learn how to be productive in your personal and professional life. All that and more to come at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com and get all kinds of podcasts about all kinds of technology. And it's all family-friendly, but still great content. And I really appreciate that too. And I know many of you appreciate it as well. So check that out at techpodcast.com.